Well, just because my originally scheduled guest had to reschedule this week doesn't mean that we're not going to have a grand old time on Blabbing in the Bluegrass because, after all, we're going to flash you back inside the Commonwealth time capsule and revisit two band profiles, one from Season 1, the other from Season 2, and we're going to hear a terrific tune from each of them. The first will be Louisville's Bridge 19. Pretty hard to uh, incorporate their music into just one specific genre. It is an impressive mix, and they'll explain more as we go along. Then we're going to take you to Greensburg to visit with One Shot Johnny, a blues band, one of South Central Kentucky's finest, and you will see why and hear why they're one of South Central Kentucky's finest. So, Sit back and get ready for music to your ears this week on Blabbing in the Bluegrass Season 5, Episode 16. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Smith Mills to Smithland, Smith's Grove to Smithfield, when you think restaurants, local businesses, musicians, other notable individuals across the Commonwealth, the first thought that comes to your mind had better be blabbing in the bluegrass as we thoughtfully and faithfully explore and celebrate all things Kentucky. I'm Sam Moore here at the First Class, fully furnished North Quail Motel in stunning Henderson KY. So thrilled to take you back inside the Commonwealth time capsule to relive two bands that we featured, uh, well, at least a year ago for One Shot Johnny and for Bridge 19. It was about a year and a half because they were very early in our very first season. So if you're new to the show, welcome aboard first off. And I know you're going to really enjoy hearing these bands, all that they have to say and all that they have to offer. Even if you've heard them, you're going to really enjoy reliving those uh, interviews and their songs. Bridge 19, of course, Audrey and Amanda from Louisville. I first found out about them by watching the Woodsong's All-Time Radio Hour with Michael Jonathan one week when they were uh, special guests on the program, and so they thus became special guests on my program. After I heard about them, I sent them an invite, and I'm flattered that uh, they accepted. Speaking of Michael Jonathan and Woodsong's, I had him on our lovely show here uh, about a month or so back. So if you missed my chat with Michael Jonathan, definitely want to hear that and uh, we also feature a song of his and a clip from a recent show. And after you hear that, you're going to be hooked on Wood songs, I promise you. But anyhow, we'll uh, hear from Bridge 19. We'll hear one of their fabulous tunes. Then we will switch gears, take you to Greensburg, KY. Hear from a three-piece blues band known as One Shot Johnny. 
And uh, I owe credit to my Aunt Susan up in Indianapolis. She is from Greensburg originally. She knows the lead singer, Randy, pretty well. And uh, that was a great suggestion she put in. And they were great to talk to. Their song was equally fabulous, as we'll hear. We'll uh, relive what they had to say and hear a piece of their mighty fine work. So it's going to be a great show. I hope you stick with me and uh, enjoy all the tunage and the uh, laughs and fun that we share, like we intend to on a weekly basis. But before we get to Bridge 19, we're going to bring you yet another Bluegrass Brain Buster. Of course, we try to do this each and every week, so you'll get the question now, you'll get the answer at the end of the show. So, just outside of Barberville in Knox County, Kentucky, you will find a replica of the very first cabin to be built in the Commonwealth. Who built this cabin? Again, just outside of Barberville in Knox County, Kentucky, you will find a replica of the very first cabin to be built in the Commonwealth. Who built this cabin? You brainstorm that, get the juices flowing, enjoy these two bands and their music, we will Reveal the answer in the program's final segment. Sam Moore proudly presents his Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser. It is yet another Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass. And today we have a band who has been a part of the Louisville scene, the Louisville music scene that is, since 2007. And their music can't be combined or confined, I should say, to one genre. It's just too complex. We'll talk more about that as we go along here. But um, I discovered them on uh, Wood Songs Old Time Radio Hour with Michael Jonathan when they were uh, appearing on that show. They've also made appearances on uh, nationally syndicated NPR, and they have been ranked number one on Thrillist's list of Louisville bands Louisville's best bands that you need to hear. So quite uh, quite some impressive feats there, and we are privileged to have them on our show today. Let's put our hands together for Bridge 19. Hello. Hey, Amanda thanks so Lucas much for having us. And Audrey Cecil, it is a pleasure to have you. I am so glad that you were able to take time out of your um, busy schedules to join us. I know they've been slightly less busy with uh, COVID throwing a kink in things these days. Yeah, a lot less busy. But uh, <laughs> but hopefully that. Unfortunately, hey, we'll we'll cross our fingers and toes that um, that that changes sooner than later. But uh, definitely. Any, anyway, I know that uh, growing up in Louisville, you ladies were uh, friends and cohorts on a traveling softball team. Now, did you two ever sing together during your youth, like at uh, talent shows or community events, anything like that? No, so um, I don't think that either of us really knew that the other wanted to sing or even that we ourselves wanted to sing. I know I uh, got my first guitar, I bought it at a pawn shop when I was 13. And so I started playing, I guess, in front of people in high school, uh, but we went to separate high schools. So I did play at some talent shows and in some classroom settings in high school. Um, but because we went to separate schools, we never really knew that the other was interested in music until later in life. I gotcha. Now, Amanda and Audrey, what, uh, what high schools did y'all go to? Just curious. This is Audrey. I went to Holy Cross High School in um, Southwest Jefferson County. Gotcha. Yep. 
And I went to uh, Bullet East High School, not Washington, Kentucky. Bullet East. Okay, so South Side. I see. I've got a friend that uh, went to Fern Creek. I think most of my other little friends went to Manual. But anyway, <laughs> we've got uh, two uh, Louisville area schools represented here anyway. Now, yeah. here's, the, uh, here's the interesting thing. Uh, following your days on uh, the traveling softball team that you all were on, you opposed each other in softball as collegiate athletes. So I was wondering, uh, what was it like for you two dear friends to occasionally share a softball field as rivals during your college days? I think it was fun. I mean, I always <laughs> looked forward to traveling there to and, and seeing her. And, you know, it was always friendly competition. And, um, yeah. I, that's yeah I, I thought it was a lot of fun you pulled for each other unless you were on the ball diamond exactly <laughs> there you go. now what the, what colleges did y'all go to uh, I went to Spalding University in Louisville okay and I went to Lindsay Wilson College in Columbia Kentucky Columbia and Louisville okay so <laughs> yeah. the road trips uh were not that far so that's a, no not to not to those colleges they no were. no not at all now according to your website uh, touches of americana vintage nashville lively pop motown singer songwriter and even disco float from song to song now, that's quite uh, quite a bit of diversity there now uh, who or what inspired this innovative style that's a well, uh, great question. Um, yeah. Sorry, Amanda. Uh, no, go ahead. I, I can't, I, I don't ever remember um, us like talking about creating a style. It, I think everything has always come song by song since the very beginning. Um, you know, and each song we try to, you know, um, make the music fit the lyrics as much as we can and we just we write what we like like I I like to write songs that I would want to listen to um so I I don't know that we ever decided that we were going to have a style it just kind of it just sort of came naturally huh organic comes out you know, with each song that we begin I think so our harmonies I would say um our vocal harmonies are kind of the the cornerstone, I guess, of, of our songwriting and right. at least, you know, musically. Yeah. And so, you know, that kind of informs, uh, each song. Um, but yeah, like, I don't think we ever really decided what we were going to be. And I think it shows <laughs> for, hey, that's for better, for worse. <laughs> hey, variety is the spice of life. Now, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> who were y'all's musical influences growing up? Yeah, that's what I was going to kind of mention just back to the original question was just that I think another reason why it is so different and varies is because we both listen to a lot of music. Uh -huh. um, and so I think that we both have a lot of um, different types of music that we like. And I think it kind of all, you know, comes together in these songs. And then also, I think probably the musicians that we play with kind of have an influence. And so whether it be, you know, drums or, you know, keys or accordion, trumpet, whatever the case may be, I think all of that kind of has played a role in the style. Um, but as far as musical influences growing up, I know for me, um, you know, the main kind of music I listened to, honestly, until I met Audrey, 
was, you know, country music, um, mostly nineties oh, country. And so, um, that's all my parents would let me listen to. And then I went to college and started hearing of other artists, but it was funny when Audrey and I first started, you know, playing together, we were trying to figure out what songs we could each, you know, do for cover songs. And she was playing me like Indigo Girls and Fleetwood Mac. And it's sad to say I had no idea who those bands were when I was 24 years old. So yeah, that's a far, that's a far cry from country music right there. It but, is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's, but I think all of that is kind of what has inspired and, and, you know, led to this being what it is. Well, that's cool stuff. It's uh, <laughs> definitely a, a unique um, perspective on the music world that, uh, that you two ladies offer. Now, how do you think you've managed to be so successful with such diversity in your music? Are we successful? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to give you credit for being successful. It's news to me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We are, we are ever grateful for every supporter that we have and people who have followed us to watch us play music through years and years and you know, every promoter who, who's given us an opportunity to play with our heroes and be on a, on a big stage at a festival or whatever. Um, but, you know, like, that's a really good question. Um, I think our honesty comes through, um, you know, whether it's a, a straight folk song that we write or a sing, singer-songwriter song or more of a Americana song or even like a more Motowny sounding song. I think the common thread is that we try to stay honest as much as we can. Right. And I think people notice that. And, um, you know, we try to write songs that we can perform in a way that um, connects with people. Um, and yeah, I would, I would, I would say that's every bit of success that we've had has come because people believe us when we sing. Sure, and um, most music fans, myself included, really appreciate uh, musicians who are uh, true to themselves. So, yeah, y'all are to be commended for that. Now, um, there's an interesting story behind the name Bridge 19. It stems from uh, a math formula here, uh, because your first gig that you two did as a as a dynamic duo was uh, December 2007, and 12 and 7, of course, add up to 19. And there was a bridge on the scene at this event. So I was wondering if you all could um, talk about where exactly this event took place and uh, what do you remember most about this first concert? Well, the it's extremely nervous. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't believe that. Yeah. Well, the bridge in question is the second street bridge in downtown Louisville. And I will say that we did not play at the Yum Center, which is right beside it. So we were actually playing at Bear Nose by the Bridge, which is a small restaurant right beside the Second Street Bridge. And yeah, I mean, to echo what Audrey said, definitely nervous. You know, I think at that time we had been playing um, some shows as a trio and some full band shows with her duo at the time, um, but not really, you know, as, as a duo of our, of our own. And so, um, you know, playing songs for the first time, you know, as a duo, which is always nerve wracking um, when sure. you're playing something for the first time. So yeah, definitely nervous. I remember the stage was very small. Um, that's something that I remember. What else? What Were else you kind of crammed up there? <laughs> yeah, it's a small stage. Yeah, yeah. The, this particular venue, um, 
is a very like it's literally underground like you you walk down stairs from the sidewalk that go down into the ground so it's like a basement basically the whole venue is is a basement and uh-huh. so I just remember it being, but people, you know, people love this place. It's a, it's a great spot. And still they have lots of great music there. Um, yeah. I just remember it being dark and being crazy nervous, which it being a little dark when you're nervous is kind of a good thing. Uh, Cause <laughs> people go. can see you less and you're a little less uh, self-conscious, but sure. I think I remember it going well maybe well i'd say it couldn't have gone too bad you're <laughs> yeah i guess we didn't completely flop hey you're you're still kicking and making music so that counts for something by the way i'm sure you'll make it across the street there to the yum center sooner than one later. day hopefully <laughs> it's not just to watch someone else one day it'd be nice to actually play <laughs> or um let's shoot for the stars how about uh, how about cardinal stadium <laughs> We'll take what we can. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, we mentioned your, your previous gigs, and um, uh, briefly, earlier, we touched on your appearance uh, on the Woodsongs Old Time Radio Hour with Michael Jonathan, which appears on the KET across the state and other PBS stations and uh, countless radio stations coast to coast. So uh, talk about that experience, if you would, and um, tell us what an honor and uh, a privilege that was huge it was huge um you know i came up watching that show and especially through my like musical formula uh formative years from you know 19 to my early 20s like i was obsessed with with that show and who was going to be on it next because they featured all my favorite people um and uh you know, we got to share the stage that evening with um, Over Nine, who is somebody I have followed and purchased every bit of music that they've put out since forever. Um, man, yeah, it's it's it was such a good night, and um, I was Amanda and I were talking recently, and it's funny because since COVID started, you know, you know, typically we would uh, play ton like crazy busy all summer long with shows and festivals and this and that and so we have kind of a steady stream of merch that we sell you know vinyl records and cds and shirts and whatever people want right. but since covid started it it's it's like crickets yeah i mean because people <laughs> people don't see us people don't discover us because we're not out there however like two or three times i have noticed like all on the same day, multiple merch orders will come in through our website. And it took me a while to realize it, but it's the days that Woodsongs airs on KET. Ah, <laughs> see? Which is kind of cool. There you go. Hopefully you'll notice a similar pattern um, when Blabbing in the Bluegrass comes out with you all as my special guest. Let's hope. So, Let's hope. <laughs> you know, that would, that would really be uh, the ultimate goal here too. Now, I'm just curious, both yeah. of you live in Louisville. Um, What's the uh, what's the farthest you've ever traveled to perform a gig? So we played in Seattle at an event that Brandy Carlisle hosted. Right. Um, and that was actually my first time ever flying on an airplane. And so oh, a little nerve wracking. <laughs> uh, more than a little. There was months <laughs> of therapy and medication involved, um, but luckily I made it, um, and that was really a cool experience. We 
performed on stage at her event in Seattle. And then we performed um, a, it's like a contest. I know we won the contest. And it's so like, I know it was an open mic. Yeah, it was an open mic contest and we won that. So then we got gift cards to the record store out there. I remember that. Um, this was back in 2010. Easy Street. Easy, Easy Street, Street Records. Records. Yeah. So that's been 10 years ago. Um, so that's the furthest that we've traveled to play music. I gotcha. That's, uh, <laughs> that's quite the trip. And for a first time flyer, that was a. Uh... That's yeah. a pretty long plane flight as it is, and it probably seemed way longer. <laughs> Listen, I did research on how long it would take to take a train, to like drive a car. I did all the research that you could do to be, do anything but fly on an airplane. Right. Um, but I still somehow ended up on the plane. And you just decided it broke that the seal the for you. It did. It broke the seal, so now you can go other places too or you do as, go other places as too. long as there's medication i absolutely will go there wherever. you go <laughs> as yes. long as you got your medication you can uh fly wherever whenever that's right <laughs> now um you mentioned brandy carlisle that you played with you ladies have also played with uh, sarah mclaughlin and sleep at the wheel just to name a few now is there any particular gig or performance that um stands out as uh, being the most memorable or or meaningful to you? I know we touched on Seattle a little bit ago. Is there any others that stand out? I have two, but a lot. Yeah. Um, there are probably, there are probably five or so that. Okay. We can do top five. <laughs> are, well, I'm not going to talk about all of them. We'll be here all night. Uh, <laughs> uh, you just want to run through but them, but yeah. The, the most recent one was actually the last one of what was the last show we played before COVID and um, it, we got to open for Joan Osborne at headliners. And, but the coolest part of that night was that we were her backing band for her set. Um, oh, cool. So yeah, it was, it was just amazing. Um, and so we got to play like, um, you know, what if God was one of us, you know, that song from, oh, yeah, you know, from I the guess the nineties or early two thousands. Um, and a bunch of Bob Dylan songs with her. Um, and that was just so fresh in my mind. Um, you know, little did we know that sold out headliners shoulder to shoulder with people dancing, uh, would be the last time that we would play together for almost a year. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was, was coming down the pipe. No, that was crazy special. But that was good. So, um, uh, Amanda, what about yours, dear? Yeah. I mean, the Joan Osborne show is definitely one of my all-time most memorable and special just because, again, when you're, you know, in eighth grade and that's what you're listening to and you can't imagine that in however many years later you're going to be playing the song that you're singing as you're skating around the, the skating rink. You're going to be right. singing it with the person that wrote it and, you know, performed it. So that was really special. Um, but the other one that I was going to say was when we opened for the Lilith Fair tour. So back in 2010, there was a brief run of Lilith Fair um, dates that had like Sarah McLaughlin, the Courtyard Hounds, which was the two Dixie Chicks uh, sisters, um, Mary oh, gotcha. J. Blige, Patti Smith, um, Butterfly Boucher. I can't remember everybody that was there that day, but we opened that show in Indianapolis. And then we got to go on stage and actually, I guess Patti Smith wasn't there. We sang a Patti Smith song for the encore. And so we were singing in the mic with Sarah McLaughlin, which I mean, again, 
just surreal. And so yeah, it's priceless, just, isn't it? Yeah, and I just remember, you know, how it was to be like in that place that day where you're like backstage with Miranda Lambert and at the time Blake Shelton, um, right? You know, doing a press conference, and then the reality of having to go to work the next day and just how. Like that was terrible, but also just the, it made the moment so special and incredible. And for one day, you felt like a rock star. You know, you have all the the passes for all the free food, and they're driving you around on a golf cart. And just, yeah. it was just the coolest, coolest thing to like do that. So yeah, that was probably one of my most memorable. You were in the presence of elite company for sure. <laughs> yeah, for the day. Yes, exactly. Hey, that's uh, like you said, take what you can get. Now, uh, your your third and most recent album is entitled In the Afterglow, and this was um, released in 2019. Now, if you two would um, tell me, in your opinion, what sets this album apart from the two previous albums that you've recorded? Hmm. Good question. Um... It's newer. We know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's newer. Um, I think sonically, it's very different. Um, we, um, you know, we have talked about this before. Um, is that it's the? I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the first album co-wrote every song. Is that right? No, no. we, we co-wrote no, co "Riding on a Wire." Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I guess we did. Anyway, um, sonically, you know, I think it's very different. You know, it takes a couple of turns. There's a song on there that's like a, like a disco tune. Um, you know, there's one that's like this very like heavy, heavy Southwestern kind of like, you know, um, what do they call it? Like uh, spaghetti, spaghetti, not spaghetti country, spaghetti Western. Um, you, and you don't hear that one too much anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I think somehow we were able to make those make sense together. I mean, there's a couple of outliers on it and we hadn't really taken a risk like that before to, to really like, um, you know, put a song on that was just, or a couple of songs that were just so wildly different from the other ones. Right. Um, but it was really fun. Well, cool stuff. And as I say, no risk it, no biscuit. So <laughs> I love that. I love that. I would say, yeah, I'm I would say that. that. So, hey, feel free. I won't charge it. So <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, uh, uh, last but certainly not least, what's next on the agenda for Bridge 19? Obviously, nipping this COVID in the bud would be a start. We're working on the vaccine. <laughs> We're almost there. Good to know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, you know, I love agendas. So normally I would have one, uh, but I don't believe there really is an agenda at this point. You know, I think there's so much, and I hate to use the word uncertainty because it's been so overused in 2020, but I just think because of the uncertainty of where things are going to go with COVID, it's kind of hard to make a plan specifically for live shows. I think we will obviously get creative this winter and figuring out ways to continue to create music um, and to engage, you know, folks who want to hear us play. Um, you know, back at the beginning of COVID, we did a couple of music videos where all of the band members played from their homes. And then we combined all of the, the you know, parts together to create like a video from home. And so I could see maybe more things like that. 
um, in the in the meantime um, while we're waiting for a vaccine and all of the things and so we've done quite a few virtual shows I could see you know more of that um, we've talked about writing and potentially putting something together but again I think that is to be determined but it's definitely something that I know we've discussed and would like to do um, sure. but you know I think personally the thing that I miss the most with music is just the, uh, the ability to play and connect with people um, it's definitely different in a virtual world than playing to an actual audience and so you know we know that indoor opportunities are not possible at this time and so I think it's just going to be waiting to see what the spring looks like um, for live shows but doing a lot of different things in the interim I think to just again keep people engaged and um, Audrey if you have anything to add I didn't know what else there was for you to say because I don't know well you pretty much summed it up you know we've been getting a little creative with like possibilities of you know turns we can take with our music um, sure. writing you know would be involved for sure so I'd, I would say writing would probably be the the first order of business in terms of um you know moving forward well it sounds like uh you too, along with everybody else, have uh, gotten a little better at uh, improvising to uh, stay connected with your audience yeah. <laughs> during yeah. this time frame, and that's what it's all about. Now, before mm -hmm. we wrap this thing up, um, we were uh, definitely pleased to have uh, Audrey Cecil and Amanda Lucas, uh, lead vocalists and lead members of uh, Bridge 19, but why don't let's give some props and to show some love to your other band members and uh, introduce us to them, tell us who they are. Definitely. Um... We miss our guys. Um, Jeff Faith is our bass player. Okay. Um, he, is, he is a wonderful, wonderful guy who is a jack of all trades. And uh, Joey Tiemann is our keys and uh, horn player. And he's been singing a little bit more lately, which is really lovely. Um, and he's a jack of all trades musically. He can do everything. So you got two jack of all trades, two jacks of all trades <laughs> in your band. Yeah, we do. We're, we're really lucky. There you go. Well, uh, and how many bands include a horn, too? So that's another thing that uh, yeah. <laughs> definitely sets Bridge 19 apart from the pack. Well, we wish you two continued success. And, folks, you can check them out. It's bridge19.com is the website. They also uh, have a Facebook presence. It's Bridge 19 there and also Bridge 19 on YouTube. You can also find them at Bridge 19 Music on um Instagram as well as Twitter. So plenty of outlets and opportunities for you to uh, connect and interact and get to know these ladies a little better and uh, what a privilege it was to have them on Blabbing in the Bluegrass today and um, thanks so much for joining us. We'd love to have you two ladies uh, back on again with us in the future. Anytime. Yeah we love that. Thank you so much. Awesome. We sure appreciate it and uh, thanks so much for your time. Thanks Absolutely. a lot. Thank you. We'll certainly have to have the ladies of Bridge 19 back on with us in the not-too-distant future. And speaking of that horn, it is admirably showcased in this terrific tune from Bridge 19's 2019 album, In the Afterglow. Take a listen to this little tune entitled, The Truth. I was selfish. The 
is the truth from Audrey and Amanda, better known together as Bridge 19. And again, you will find that on their 2019 album, In the Afterglow. Now, thankfully, knock on wood, the COVID situation is far and away better now than it was at the time of this interview. So you can keep up with them at thebridge19.com. No doubt they're getting out and about and doing their thing. I will link you to their website and my show notes as well, so you can stay up to speed with all of their shenanigans and the appearances that uh, they may make, perhaps another Wood Songs in their not-too-distant future. So stay tuned to the website, and they will keep you abreast of everything going on in their world. So with that, we swing you down to south-central Kentucky, Greensburg to be exact, where we find a three-piece blues band that has made an appearance in my hometown, actually, at the WC Handy Blues and Barbecue Festival. They were there a few years ago. We'll find out more about that and other gigs that they have performed in recent past. And we'll, of course, be blessed with one of their fabulous musical favorites in our next Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser Spotlight in the Commonwealth Time Capsule. Sam Moore proudly presents his Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser. Well, today we have three Commonwealth Crowd Pleasers. If you're familiar with the uh, blues scene in the bluegrass, no doubt you've heard of them. They've been wowing audiences around Kentuckiana since 1997, and they're still going strong. They've uh, been semifinalists in the uh, International Blues Challenge in Memphis, which we'll talk more about later on here. But we are privileged to have them as uh, guests on our show today. And let's welcome Jeremiah Kelly, Joe Shirley, and Randy Colvin, better known together as One Shot Johnny. Hey, how y'all doing? Oh, we Hello. just couldn't be better, especially now that y'all are here. We are so thrilled that you were able to uh, take time out of your practice schedule and everything else you've got going on to be a part of the, the show today. Now, I know that 
Jeremiah plays drums, Joe plays bass, and Randy plays guitar. Now, um, how do you handle lead vocals? Do y'all sort of take turns on that? I do most of that. Randy does. Okay, so Randy's the, the, the primary lead singer there. I got you. Well, <laughs> cool stuff. Well, we'll, uh, we'll definitely look forward to hearing your track that you sent me to be a part of the show here in just a little bit. But um, first, I found it interesting. We've got a Randy, we've got a Joe, and we've got a Jeremiah. We don't have a Johnny, so that leads us to our first question here. Uh, tell me the story, if you would, behind the name One Shot Johnny. Uh, there's not really much of a story to it. It was just a name we heard somewhere along the line that kind of caught our ear. When we put the band together, we put some names in a hat, and that's the one that came out. Oh, look at you. Just a random drawing. <laughs> well, we, do, we do tell a different story every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right there you make up something else every time somebody asks. <laughs> yeah, we don't never let anybody know which one's made up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I must say, the, these guys were, um, there were a few tears being shed. I could just sense it when I told them that I didn't use video. They told me that they rented out all those tuxes for nothing. I told them that I was wearing a suit and tie myself, and not surprisingly, they didn't believe me. But we've got plenty of good audio to go around here, and uh, these are quite talented musicians. And so we'll be sure and let you in on that here shortly when we play their song. You gentlemen have been cranking out tunes and performing regularly since 1997. So, uh, Tell us how the three of you got acquainted and uh, what exactly led to the creation of One Shot Johnny. Uh, well, Joel and I have been in bands together off and on since the early 70s, and I joined a band that he had together in the early 90s, and uh, that's where we met Jeremiah. He came, came to practice a few times and kind of sit in with us. We had no idea. At that time, he would, you know, wind up being the drummer for our, our band. So, well, oh. it's just uh, kind of uh, the way the fate would have it, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> An arrival, uh, a sit-in became part of the band, and <laughs> the rest, yeah. as they say, is history. Well, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Where did you, uh, where did you perform your first gig? I know you slept a night or two since then, but do you remember where that was? <laughs> I really I, don't. I, no, I don't. Do you remember? My my, have, yeah, with, with you with us, it was at the Columbia Fair, or Dare County Fair, um, or was it? Well, I, I think two weeks after I started, we had the blues competition at Stevie Ray. That's right. That's correct. Yeah. 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 In 90, oh. It would have been Stevie Ray's in Louisville. Yeah. So Stevie Ray's in Louisville for a blues competition. Yes. I, I'm sure you placed pretty well. We didn't want to put no pressure on Jeremiah or anything, but uh, <laughs> it worked out. I, I think we, I think we came in about fourth that year. Third, third or fourth, yeah. Third it was or fourth. Hey, that's, <laughs> that's nothing to sneeze at for a band that uh, had just gotten started back then. Uh, about how many, uh, how many bands were partaking, do you know? Uh, it was somewhere between nine, nine and twelve. I don't know. It was it was a lot. Was there you lot. go. Yeah, that's a pretty fierce competition there. And 
quite a bit of it. So not bad for a first gig to finish third or fourth at uh, Stevie Ray's in Louisville. Now, uh, your Facebook page describes your music as modern and traditional blues the way we like it. So tell me about the musical idols who gave you guys the drive to perform and influenced your unique style and influenced the way you like it, shall we say. <laughs> well, that phrase, Jeremiah kind of coined that phrase, which I thought was pretty fitting for the band. But, you know, for me, B.B. Uh, King and, and uh, you know, Almond Brothers and Johnny Winter and some of those guys were early influences. Lord, and, uh, I was born a rambling man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Love me some Almond Brothers. <laughs> Yeah, all of the 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 crown jewels in the in the blues department sort of helped to mold your uh, your style and tradition. I know you do a mix of originals and covers. Um, which one wins out? Would you say you do a few more covers or a few more originals? Yeah, we probably do more covers than originals. Yeah, especially you know just playing venues where you you kind of like to toss the audience a song they can recognize that always seems to kind of, you know, work pretty well with them. Yeah, that 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 always wins them over and then you can, you know, keep them longer and, and uh, inspire them to stick hey, with you. get a request for one of our songs, which is pretty gratifying, so that-, that Oh, absolutely. Too. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that always makes you feel good. I can imagine. Now, being part of the One Shot Johnny music making machine most certainly has a number of noteworthy perks. So um, for each of you, and we'll let um, whoever wants to start, but um, what have you found to be the most rewarding in terms of your experience with the band? Well, I would say just a camaraderie we have, and uh, uh, we're like... Uh, we're more like a family than uh, than three guys who get together and, and play. Sure. And it, it makes it uh, it makes it easier. Uh, we relate well when we're playing, and that comes from relating well otherwise. Randy, what about you, sir? Well, I would agree with Joe on that, and and plus uh, just the fact that playing together as long as we have. Uh, especially when we are on a string, when we're playing quite a bit, there gets to be kind of a musical mental telepathy that just almost takes it beyond music. You know, it's something really gratifying when your bandmates kind of anticipate what each other are doing. And it just, you know, when you really have a good night, there's just not much anything better than making music. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, the adrenaline starts flowing and the audience sort of feeds you the, the energy yeah. to not only get you through the show, but then <laughs> get you far beyond, I'm sure. I remember Jeff Foxworthy. I remember him talking about him and his fellow uh, blue collar boys going to, you know, late night Denny's and random venues to eat and talk because they just couldn't go to sleep after a show. I'm sure y'all can probably relate to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and I didn't. I didn't forget about you, Jeremiah. You got anything uh, rewarding, gratifying? Uh, I didn't. I didn't set aside anything specific to say, but I'm just going to agree with Randall and Joe about it. Uh, just, just the, the, the camaraderie and uh, 
sitting around the campfires and also just playing just playing the one one shot Johnny instrument. We all just fit in as one. Fits like a glove. Yes, indeed. Or it wouldn't have lasted <laughs> nearly 25 years and still kicking. Now, uh, One Shot Johnny has been making music and smiles for, uh, well, 23 years to be exact. I guess this would be the 24th later this year. So um, in what ways, if any, do you feel like your style has changed or evolved since the band's origination in 1997? I think it has quite a bit, uh, just in the sense of kind of what we mentioned before, that I think in some ways being a three-piece band is an advantage because uh, you feed off each other more and kind of anticipate what each other are doing most of the time. Not always, but most of the time. Sure. And, uh, it's just, uh, I don't know, it, it's a wonderful experience. It really is. Now, how how long do your shows i'm sure you've done shows with varying lengths but about on average how long do y'all usually perform when you take the stage about three hours yeah probably three hours would uh, it's, it's yeah, some, some a little less some a little more yeah yeah uh, just depending on the gig i know yeah it would average probably three sure <laughs> yeah and that three hours seems like a long time but i know it goes by fast when you're up there jamming on stage and <laughs> if, if it's a good night and the crowd is into it, the night will end too soon. If the crowd's not into it, then it don't end soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure more often than not, in y'all's case, they're into it. I can't, I can't imagine them not being. Now, you gentlemen have been uh, part of countless concerts featuring brilliant blues bands like Jim Diamond and the Groove Syndicate, uh, Big Al and the uh, Heavyweights, Studebaker John and the Hawks, among plenty others. So uh, for each of you, again, we'll let uh, whoever start that wants to. Uh, just curious, is there a particular performance that uh, stands out as being the most meaningful or memorable to you? Well, I think the, the uh, Blues competition at, at Huntington last year, or actually year before now, um, is probably stands out. And, and actually the last gig that we played at Stevie Ray's a little over a year ago now was probably one of the better ones we've ever had there or anywhere. And, and we played there a number of times. So right. it's kind of like when things were really getting good, then along comes COVID. So, yeah. Yeah. That's another thing that, that makes you remember it even more. I'm sure the fact that it was the last one before <laughs> all this well, went down. One year we played the Handy Blues Festival, and that'll be a memory that I'll always have because after the gig, uh, people were lined up at the fence waiting for yeah. CDs and autographs and whatever, and uh, that that will always stand out in my memory. How about that? And you said that was Handy Fest? Yes. Oh, that's yes. here in Henderson. That's my hometown. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you got the support from – <laughs> my fellow Hendersonians. And um, what, what was this uh, competition exactly in Huntington? Uh, it was their Blue Society. They're an um, affiliate of the uh, the Blues Foundation. And um, so uh, Blue Societies that are affiliated with the Blues Foundation hold competitions to determine who goes to the International Blues Challenge in Memphis. 
Okay. I gotcha. So um, now I know you won the uh, Kentucky Blues Society Best Blues Award in 2017, and I guess that's what um, propelled you to Memphis that particular year, right? Yeah, that was Kentuckyana Blues Society. Yeah, yeah, Kentuckiana. Yeah, we got to – can't leave Indiana out there. But uh, anyway, I assume that competition was in Louisville, wasn't it? It was, yes. It was Stevie Ray's. Awesome, the Stevie Ray's. And then <laughs> from there you uh, went to Memphis, and that leads us to our next item of business here on the agenda. In 2018, you guys took your talents down there um, to Memphis where you were semifinalists in the – International Blues Challenge. So uh, why don't you describe your experience competing for um, all the marbles and tell us what you gained or learned from partaking in this event. The event overall was just a blast. Everybody there was just so friendly. And the, the, Joe was talking about it earlier. There's, there's never, ne- never any uh, high high chins walking around. It's just everyone's equal and just there to have a good time. All the musicians from all over the United States, uh, everybody just rooting everybody else on. It was, uh, it was just, um, it was, it was wonderful. It was great. We met a lot of people that uh, we would have never met uh, if we hadn't made it to that competition. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, indeed. And if, you, if you're going to compete, that's the type of competition you want. You want a friendly competition where, sure. you know, everybody's happy for the winner. And um, like you said, there were bands from all across the uh, the nation. So I guess one from each state. Well, I, I think some states probably had more than one right. because they would have more than one uh, 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 blue society. So, uh some states had more than one, and some states probably didn't have any. But mm-hmm. I, I think it was 252 acts. Mm-hmm. I believe that was right. And I mean, there were bands from, uh, you know, Europe, Australia, and, and just all over the place. So. Hence the name International Blues Challenge for sure. Now, um, where exactly was this held in Memphis? Along Bill Street. Oh, okay. So you just performed outside on Bill. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Now, what's the uh, what's the farthest y'all have ever gone to perform a gig? Just curious. Mm, probably Memphis, I guess. <laughs> Is that the? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know yeah. most of them were in um, in Kentuckyana, but um, I knew there'd have to be at least a few outliers. So <laughs> Memphis is grand champion so far. Oh yeah, by the time you play there, three nights running. Uh, you feel like you belong right there on Beale Street, and you're not even thinking about wanting to go home. You're just thinking about wanting to stay on Beale Street and play every night. Yeah, <laughs> even after the competition was over, you're like, man, <laughs> why don't yeah. let's just camp out down here and uh, <laughs> perform right. a few more nights? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Your most recent effort from 2020 is uh, – entitled Muddy River Rising, and this features a number of your uh, musical masterpieces. So for those who have not yet had the pleasure, why don't you give us an overview of what we can expect while taking in this splendid CD, Muddy River Rising? Well, it's, it's a pretty broad 
talented of stuff. Uh, there's, uh, you know, what I guess you would say jump blues and, and uh, some uh, some kind of boogie stuff and, and what I refer to as a little gut bucket blues and some of it is, uh, you know, more of a deep blues, uh, you know, slow blues type of stuff. Gut bucket, uh, gut bucket blues, I like it. <laughs> Blues ballad, uh, you know, just uh, shuffle tunes, and then a little jazz influence. They're all originals. On they are all. Yeah. Okay, so every, everything on Muddy River Rising is an original. Y'all yeah. have sure been a blast. We've sure been privileged to have you on the show today. Now, what's next on the agenda for One Shot Johnny? <laughs> to play again. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> yeah. Everybody yeah. gets back. They didn't go play. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, a bunch of your fellow musicians would second that in a heartbeat. And uh, hopefully this spring and summer, the uh, festivals will open at least at a limited capacity. And you'll be able to do your thing and win over plenty of hearts. But in the meantime, y'all can check them out. It's One Shot Johnny on Facebook. And they have... Like I said, their most recent album, Money River Rising, just came out last year. Before that, Rhythm and Dues from 2017. And um, Times Like These was their uh, third to most recent album. How many uh, How many albums do y'all have all together at this point? The live one. There was a live one, I think, makes it six. six. Yeah. Yeah, okay. there's six counting the live. Yeah. Oh, six. Okay. So, so six counting the live. Where was this? Uh, where was this live album recorded? Germantown in Louisville, Germantown Blues Fest. Oh, Germantown Blues Fest. Awesome. <laughs> that's that's cool stuff. Well, we'll have to check that out among um, all of the others. We wish y'all nothing but the best. I know that you'll be able to get out sooner than later. Hopefully, Handy Fest again sooner than later, gentlemen. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely make sure that I'm in the front row on that particular night. Well, thank y'all for taking time to join us today. We look forward to hearing your song, and we'll also look forward to chatting with you again down the road, hopefully. We'll tell you a different story about the band name. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be sure. I'll, I'll recycle that question, and next time we talk, I'll, uh, I'll expect a different answer for the story behind One Shot Johnny. So <laughs> you've got time to brainstorm about it between now and then. Well, y'all rock, and we look forward to chatting with you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Now, when we first had One Shot Johnny on the show about a year or so ago, we played a track of theirs entitled Mad, Tired, and Hungry, which was great, but they also sent me another track to play. We didn't quite have time for it then, but we do now, so we're going to play the other track now. In fact, it is the title track from their album, Muddy River Rising from 2020. Here they are, One Shot Johnny. Yeah. 
private spanks in a damn clean home, but more. Don't wanna be caught down here, but damn, let's go. Money's pulling at me, and the rain is blinding me. I'm so deep in trouble. Oh Lord, won't you rescue me? Money River Rising, that is the title track from their 2020 album. That is Randy, Joe, and Jeremiah, and together they combine to form the band One Shot Johnny from Greensburg, Kentucky. And uh, that interview was conducted about a year or so ago, so, uh, you know, again, they were, the restrictions have loosened considerably since then. So no doubt those gentlemen are a lot more mobile now as, as far as getting out and playing for people, and you can... Keep up with them by visiting One Shot Johnny on Facebook, and I will link you to that page in my show notes as well so that you can keep track of uh, where they're going and all that they've got going on. But I sure hope you enjoyed your journey back inside the Commonwealth time capsule with me to revisit two 
oldie but goodie features, that is. Not the people, but the features. They go back a year and a year and a half, respectively. And uh, they allowed us to revisit One Shot Johnny and Bridge 19. And uh, if we play our cards right, we'll be coming at you again next Wednesday. That is April 27th, the very last Wednesday in April. But before we say goodbye to you for this week, we have to reveal... The all-important answer to the Bluegrass Brain Buster, which we brought to you back at the beginning of the program. And we will recap, just outside of Barberville in Knox County, Kentucky, you will find a replica of the very first cabin to be built in the Commonwealth. Who built this cabin? It was none other than Dr. Thomas Walker. Dr. Thomas Walker built the very first cabin in what would become Kentucky, although it's a little older than the state of Kentucky. Uh, Dr. Thomas Walker was a physician and a surveyor. In fact, he led the very first expedition through Cumberland Gap in 1750. And uh, while surveying for the railroad, he settled near the river, which, by the way, he would ultimately name the Cumberland River, and he built a cabin there. Now, the replica is in the exact same spot as the original cabin, and as you might expect, it is a part of Dr. Thomas Walker State Park, and it's known as Dr. Thomas Walker State Historical Site. So, yes, the man himself was the person responsible for building the very first cabin in the state of Kentucky, Dr. Thomas Walker. Come on back next week for another Bluegrass Brain Buster. In the meantime, shoot me an email with anything and everything you got on your mind. Bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com. B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S. B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com. Also, hit me up on that Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page. If you're not already liking and following the page, you definitely are missing out because all of my previous shows are there. You can also enjoy teasers on future programs. Stay up to speed with those make comments, leave messages, and don't forget, you can listen and subscribe to Blabbing in the Bluegrass free of charge via Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Verbal. So, never an excuse for you to miss out on our fun and excitement each and every week. I would miss you. Hopefully, you would at least halfway miss me, but anyhow, until we meet again, you know what you gotta do, guys and gals. Keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep blabbing. In the bluegrass. Cause we're blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.